welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Welcome back on in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, back to the Sports Buffoon Studios once again out here in Lenexa, Kansas. We got the full clan back together here. Tanner D, Tanner Dawson on my side. What's up, everybody? And then on the other side, we got Jason JG. What's up, fellas? Yay, yay. Gosh, how you guys doing today? Never yeah. been better. Yeah, pretty right. damn good. Never been better. Pretty Daniel Lynch is actually a pitcher in Major League Baseball. Did you guys know that? I, I've he's, heard he's doing good at the moment. He's had a decent game so um, far. When when this let's, podcast comes out and it's been posted and everything, it might not be the case. Let's let's calm See. down though, too, because everybody's gonna have their spurs this season. It's okay. Right. It's gonna be right. an up and down roller coaster, right. like I talked about right. last week. Right. That's how it, that's how it goes, guys. I'm just looking forward to watching some Bobby Witt this year, but. I'm okay uh, with that. Guys, today we ain't talking too much Royals, though. We ain't too worried about what the Royals are doing at the moment because we are eight days away from the NFL draft in which the buffoons will be at Mr. Bruce Tap House in Overland Park, Kansas, over at 80th and Metcalf. That's right. And I cannot wait for what's going to be, honestly, one of the most fun podcasts we've ever put together. Yes, it's <clears> going to be the full first round, which means three and a half hours of straight at least. NFL draft reactions and input. Um, so please out there follow along with us live while we're doing that, or come, come out, out and join. Uh, you might get to hop on the mic too and talk yes. about you know upcoming Chiefs picks, or if you have a other favorite team such as the Cowboys, uh, you know you can maybe give your thoughts as well. So you know come on out, have a beer, have a burger, and stick around for some fun. Yeah, we have a spot reserved out there, so that means uh, when you guys come on out and you see our table set up and all that, come say hi to us, come say hello. We don't necessarily need to be on the mic the entire time. We want those of you out there, if you're fans of a team that's picking, come on up and give us your reactions, give us your input on what you want your team to be doing, because we want to have this to be a community event, honestly. We want all of you mm-hmm. out there to jump on in and give us your input on uh, what, the, what you want your team to be doing. Yeah, and for those also that will be watching via stream, I'm working on some guests here that are particular to certain teams. If you watched uh, my past or our special episodes this last Sunday and Monday where we did a mock draft with multiple teams, uh, I'm working on some of those guys. I'm working on some others that weren't able to make it. So it's going to be a grand time. We're going to have a lot of info going, uh, and we're going to get some react- live reactions from real fans of their teams as well going on. So it should be a fun time. Absolutely. And we will be talking about, by the way, the NBA later on in the second half of this show. So just keep that in mind, those of you out there listening. Uh, we're in the middle of watching off to the side of our eye here the Brooklyn Nets game and Boston Celtics, and seeing how that unfolds. We have one quarter remaining in that one, and I'm sure Jason will be uh, giving his insight on that here towards the second half of the show. But for the first half, you guys saw the title. It is going to be our final mock draft of the entire season, and this time it's not just the Chiefs mock draft. We're, of course, going to sit there for a while and talk about the Chiefs. We're going to talk about all every, every pick in the first round, all 32 picks in the first round of this year's draft, and go over who we think could go where and why it makes sense for that team to take that that player. And so, obviously, Tanner, you and I just the other day did a full yep. seven-round mock draft with some fans. We had, we had a Packers fan on there. We had a Dolphins fan. Or we had a, sorry, we had a Patriots we, fan. We had a Patriots. T- Titans fan. Titans fan. Pack. And I, I lost track. There's a, there's a few others. <laughs> it was it was Packers. So the first night Sunday night was I had Saints, uh, Lions, and then myself was doing the Chiefs. Monday night we had Packers, Pats, Chiefs, uh, and I just too many to count. Right? It was yeah, six. Uh, uh, Titans, Jets, 
Mm-hmm. And the Jets one was interesting. I didn't realize how many picks the Packers had. Yeah. Um, and then the Panthers as well. Yep, yep. So the Panthers. Exactly. So yep. it was it was kind of cool. We got a different insight. Some people picked, you know, the picks that we did in past mock drafts or maybe some guy you wanted. Somebody picked uh, Detroit Lions, Jeremy Smoking, uh, smoking Jeremy B. Uh, he was kind of great and insightful. There was a lot of reaches you could consider, but he had reasons for it. And it was pretty insightful to see what could happen uh, this draft. So, again, if you haven't checked those out, check those out. They're, they're a blast. It's an hour and a half uh, both nights. And, it, it was a great time, great information, and a lot of a lot of guys that know what the hell they're talking about. Also, I like hearing from fans who have a real opinion on what mm-hmm. they want their team to be doing. Like, I was a little surprised by the Panthers fan we had on who, you know, he wanted to go with Cross, the the tackle. and He went full he, offensive line. He wanted the to first build up the picks. offensive line rather than focusing on Malik Willis or anything like that. Yeah. He feel, honestly, he, I asked him later on, he said Malik Willis, he thinks, is going to go before the Panthers pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, we're, which we'll see how this full unfolds in our mock draft. But um, I was just concerned about that a little bit. Just, that's curious. But also some teams and some people have thought that Willis is maybe not a early first-round pick, which honestly I don't have a problem with that opinion because there's still a lot to – you know, resolve around that guy. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into this too later week, uh, when we get close to the chiefs pick. Uh, but he said, it's cool. In my mock draft, he traded fi- uh, 50 and, uh, what was that? 94 for Debo. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into more of our Debo thoughts here as we go on closer to the chiefs picks. Uh, we'll give you guys some insight along with the Debo takes as well, uh, to get our opinions on it. Yeah. We'll talk about him here in a little bit. Um, you know, I'm blind, guys. I gotta wear my I gotta wear my glasses. Tanner's putting on his glasses now. Look at him. Trying to act all sophisticated and stuff. So. <laughs> and guess what? I am no draft nerd, so mm-hmm. this is this is new to me. You got to pretend to be one for at least an hour, Tanner. <laughs> let's do it. All right, so let's let's share the screen here. Okay. Got us in the bottom right corner. I know you guys can't see it because we're watching the Net Celtics, um, but essentially we're all going to rotate picks. Uh, all the way down through the first round. Uh, alphabetical order, so Jason's going to go first, then Mike, then myself. And when we get closer to the Chiefs pick down at uh, uh, 29, then we'll do we'll stop for a minute, talk about the Debo theme, talk about other potentials, and kind of what we think the Chiefs need to do in the first round. And then we'll sum it up and finish it out from there on. So uh, no trades. Again, like month, Sunday, Monday, no trades. Uh just kind of going down with the picks that are there and who we think would be best fit for these teams. So, was that for you guys ready? Yeah, ready Let's when you it. are. All right, Jason, you are up with the Jaguars. And remember, I'm using both computers here. Jaguars here, so what are we looking at? Oh, hang on, sorry. I screwed up. But you can talk. Go ahead. With the first pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher out of Michigan. And the reason why I like this guy is he's a guy that you can put on the other side uh, opposite Josh Allen, which is a guy that I was hoping that the Chiefs could potentially trade for before the draft. But nevertheless, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is a long, muscular frame, and he, he just He's a four-star recruit, and he's very athletic, and he's extremely physical. And so I think that would be the best pick uh, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. you got to take the best player available. Very nice pick. I mean, that's exactly who I would take as well if I was uh, picking for the Jaguars there. I just think you're going to get a sure thing. 
And uh, even though, you know, this also may make some flexibility for a certain defensive end on that roster that could become available if they're interested in making a trade. Uh, now, Tanner, I'm up next to the Lions, correct? Correct. And also, just real quick here on this Jags thing, uh, they don't have a lot of guys in there. They need some, some uh, depth, especially in that edge rusher. It, even if they keep Josh Allen, this is, this is a huge pick. This is the right pick, and this should be the only pick they go. Yeah, I mean, you're getting a sure thing and a guy who, you know, a lot of people think that is going to be, you know, very productive right away. And three, four years from now, you're going to be getting a lot of talent and and also leadership, hopefully, from the guy, too. Uh, we'll see how things play out. But I think this guy's going to be a sure thing, great player in the league. So, yep. All right, Mike, Lions, round number two. All right, guys, if we could go back and if we had to take the, the draft class with Khalil Mack and do that over again, I would assume he'd be up there quite a ways, too. But... Uh, in this case, I will take a guy who's very similar to Khalil Mack. And this is a uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be in my selection for the Detroit Lions. Edge rusher from Oregon, obviously. Uh, I like I like his height, weight, speed, all those kind of things. Great athlete. Um, just, just an all-around great player. So I just think there's a lot to work with with this guy. And the Lions at this point, I mean, they're just a team that just needs to stack as much talent as possible. And I don't think this is a guy you're going to go wrong with. I think this guy is going to be panning out just fine, and they can use him all over the field on defense. So, you know, whether they want to go 3-4, 4-3, doesn't really matter in the future. You know, 10 years from now, 5 to 10 years from now, they can mix it up and still have that guy play anywhere on the field. So, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, that's my guy. I know you like him a lot too, Tanner. I do. I love this guy. And the fact that the Lions is needing almost everything essentially still, uh, defensive end, all you got is Michael Brockers really there to make any kind of impact from the Rams. So Kayvon going there would be huge, automatic starter, uh, and a guy that that's good, would make a huge impact as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. Well, what do you got, Tanner? And on here, I got a crappy team to pick for. And actually, guys, this Saturday on Let's Talk Sports at 11 o'clock Central, I will be doing a mock draft for the – uh, Texans as well. So tune in. Let's talk sports at eleven uh, on Saturday. We'll do a quick mock draft for the Texans. Um, and I had a chance to really study their depth chart, but we know this is a team that do they have anybody? Like anybody still? I mean, they They're, just need to start picking best player available and, and just you know just go down. The act way. like you're an expansion team again. You know, the, the this team became an expansion team twenty years ago, and they're basically back at square one. So let's just begin from there. And I know there's no David Carr uh, in this draft class for them to take. So take the next best thing, I guess. Right. And I mean, kind of look at like you still have Tunsil, but I know that's a thing that's been brought up where he's potentially going to be traded or cut before the season. There's nobody else on the O line. The defense side's awful as well. I don't know. I couldn't tell you one person on here I know. Uh, And it's, it's just bad. It's just overall bad. I think. Evan Neal is going to be the right pick for these guys, uh, despite whoever the heck's going to be quarterback there uh, between Mills Davis or if they draft somebody later. So I'm going to go Evan Neal at offensive tackle for Alabama. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, Tanner. The same kind of thing. Uh, go that route. Get your thing, you know, something to work on, something, someone who should come in right away and make an impact on the team because, you know, you don't get a lot to work with. So just get a guy that can help you pound the rock a little bit here and there. And go from there. So, um, I guess Jason's turn. It's Jason's. With the fourth pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Kyle Hamilton, 
out of Notre Dame. And the reason why I like this pick is that, you know, that's a need for the team. Uh, he's six foot four, 220 pounds, and he's got rare length for the position. He's also an explosive athlete. Um, and so that's why I think the Jets should uh, take that pick with Kyle Hamilton. I don't hate that pick at all. Got to pair with Jordan Whitehead and Lamarcus Joyner on the backside there. I don't hate that pick at all. I mean, yeah, Quanu and Walker. Walker probably would have been the guy I would have gone. But I don't hate beefing up a secondary. And Kyle Hamilton shown that he was one of the top for sure this past year. Yeah, and my only problem with Walker is I, I wanted to see more production out of him this past year. And I know he's got some, some good size to him, of course, but I just wish he had a, a little more production. And then I could have seen more on paper to be able to put together everything we think he can project to be at the next level. So Correct. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But uh, overall, this is a fine pick. I mean, hopefully he can become a versatile part of the defense. Because looking at a guy that's a hybrid safety linebacker, and so with those kind of guys, you never really know what you're going to get, what they're going to mold into. Your ultimate hope is that maybe he's a Thomas Davis style because Thomas Davis coming into the NFL was also a hybrid safety linebacker. And um, we'll see how that plays out then for the Jets in that situation. So um, now, Tanner, uh, I got the Giants. Giants, F5. I got the Giants. I have a little curveball for you guys right here. And this is actually a pick that I could very much see happening with the Giants selection. I got them taking quarterback Kenny Pickett with the fifth overall pick and giving Daniel Jones a big old stiff arm or at least giving him some kind of uh, you know competition to, to work with against him uh, at this point of the draft. Because I just I think that we have a guy here who is, is 24 years old, which potentially means he's mature enough to be ready to step in right now and be a leader of a team. Daniel Jones is what he is, I feel like, at this point. Not that they've helped him a lot, but... I think that Kenny Pickett's a guy who has a lot of the things you like to see in a player. And I think that from day one, he could step in and steal that job from Jones. And then eventually Jones you know, gets traded away, moves on, ends up somewhere else. Because Tyrod Taylor is still there on the depth chart. Yeah, the so back- I was going to say, Tyrod's there. So, so, I mean, you're looking at worse, Kenny Pickett being a third to start. Uh, and then coming in, maybe moving up the depth chart. But I don't think Tyrod bounces to the third spot. No, I don't think so either because I think Tyrod's a great backup still in this league and could be a number two anywhere. And I just think that the, the, the Giants at this point need to focus on that quarterback of the future, and they've spent enough time on Daniel Jones that it's time to take a stab at Kenny Pickett. So you're saying uh, Dabble's going to get his guy, essentially. It's got to be his guy. He has no choice. That's That's, that's got to be his guy at this point. All right. Well, next up, guys, we got the Carolina Panthers. And, I mean, this is a team that obviously couldn't block with Jack towards that after, like, the fifth game of the season. Uh, something happened there, and I don't know what, but it's not pretty. Their defense was pretty great, uh, but there was still a struggle. Uh, guys, I'm going to go Ikem Ekwanu, North Carolina State offensive tackle. I agree with uh, – I want to make sure I pick the right guy here. For the oh Panthers, yep, never mind. I'm good. Yep, he came. So this this is a team that needs to build that offensive line. Uh, and when we did the mock draft on Monday, this is what he did as well. He went offensive tackle right away and wanted to get that that line solidified some way somehow and give it give uh, you know Sam Darnold a chance or whoever end up might be might be the quarterback. So you know there's. There's a lot that's needed on the Carolina Panthers on the offensive side. A lot to be desired. I wouldn't be surprised also if they went a wide receiver at this point too, just to get more weapons to partner with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So, but I'm going to go Ekame Ekwanu. 
Very nice. All right, Jason, what do you got? With the seventh pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Evan Neal, tackle out of Alabama. Uh, the reason we, why we I like – you already picked him? Yeah, I picked him third. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you don't know? No, I'm good. For the Giants? Yeah, go ahead. For the Giants? I mean, who would we go with? Because we just got well, them – Giants? Or yeah. We're on the, we're on the – uh... Yeah, well, yeah. Giants are seven. Giants, so Giants at five and then seven. Yeah, correct. They got two picks in the first round. Okay. So Evan Neal went yeah. to the Texans at, their, at three. So he's already gone? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you, you he, got a couple he should, options. He's going to be top three. I think Evan Neal, regardless, is going to go somewhere between that one and three mark, between one, two, and three. Okay. Well, well at you, this, you guys can pick for me on this one. I mean, Trayvon's still there. Obviously, the Giants need some defense help because we saw how atrocious that was. Uh, but their number one, Kenny Galladay, you know, never caught a touchdown either. So there's that as well. Like, do we give, do we give uh, Kenny Pickett help with Charles Cross, or do we go defense? I think a couple different ways here because I think Cross would be a good fit for a few different teams, but Trayvon Walker also should be in the mention of this too, just based on having some of that prototypical size. Uh, for for the me for the Giants on this one, it makes more sense for me to then get that tackle to go along with the Kenny pick Pickett. of Kenny Pickett, and so at that point, I would then say take that steal right there um, that we have left over of Charles Cross. So. Yeah. Makes the most sense to me to add in Charles Cross. That's what I was thinking too. Like partner up and try to build some young guys together. All right. Next up, what do we have? You get the we're number eight. Sorry, number eight, the Atlanta okay. Falcons. Yeah, Atlanta Falcons here. A few different directions they could go, but this is a team that's really completely starting back over once again, which means that they also have time to waste. I think in a lot of ways. Uh, Look, this is a guy who has a lot of upside that I'm about to talk about, and it makes sense. It's an easy replacement for a guy that they had recently from the same school. So uh, Falcons should be going after a guy like Jamison Williams here at this spot um, just because of that elite ability that we know he can have at, at, you know, in the next level, I believe, too. Uh, obviously, coming back from a torn ACL, that's going to be something to watch. But if, uh, according to all reports, it's been a good thing. Yeah, so. it's been a, a, he's been really productive. He's it looks like his span could be shortened before he comes back. So it's a good thing. I mean, he's doing well with it, so mm-hmm. hopefully he can play this year. Yeah, highly productive. Had 24 receptions of 20-plus yards throughout this last year in Alabama. Right. Um, so for me, uh, Falcons are just going to look at this and go, okay, let's take our next Julio Jones. Yeah, and I that's mean, what they got in mind. Yeah, you lost Julio last year. You lost Ruggs and Ridley this year. So you don't have a lot, a lot going on, nothing to risk. You got Mariota as your quarterback. Yeah, I'm – I'm okay doing that, Jameson Williams. All right, next up here, Seattle Seahawks is on the clock. Uh, Seahawks could go a lot of directions here. I think they go quarterback, honestly, here, and I think this is where uh, Malik Willis comes into play. I think they go back with another guy that can uh, 
move out of the pocket. This yeah, is similar skill set, really. When yeah. you could, also, Willis is only six feet tall, so also not the biggest guy in the world. Coming from a still great ball Liberty placement, and, good accuracy, yeah, uh, fine arm strength, and all that. Like, kind of, it, it is similar to similar to, to that tear job too, right? From what I it saw, it is similar to what Russell's been doing. Yeah, and I think I think Malik Willis would fit into this offense. Obviously, we saw Russ; all he did was scramble around, very rarely stand in the pocket. And this is a Malik Willis strength as well, where he doesn't have to stand in the pocket. All right, so we're on the verge of 10 here. Trayvon, Ahmad Garner, Garrett Wilson have all dropped. Uh, projected 5, 6, and 8. So I wonder what directions we're going to go here. Jason, New York Jets are on the clock. With the 10th pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Derek Stingley Jr., defensive back out of LSU. And the reason why I like this pick you know, you got a guy that's six foot, 190 pounds. He's got the athleticism and reactive quickness to travel with that opponent's top receiver. Definitely a need there for the New York Jets. So that's why I'm going to go with Stingley. I like it. I like it. And that's something that obviously we saw the Jets need is some kind of depth in the in the backfield or in the secondary. And you got Hamilton back there, Derek Stingley Jr. You're not going to go really wrong with this pick. Yeah, I like it quite a bit, too, and my only problem is that you're going to piss off this next guy that's going to go off the board here to the Washington so, Commanders. Yeah, real quick, I do want to give a recap of the top ten before okay. we move on. Uh, Jags with Hutch, Lions with Thibodeau, Texans Neal, Jets Hamilton, New York uh, Giants Pickett, Panthers Equanu, Giants again with Cross, Falcons with James, Jameson Williams, and Seahawks with Willis, and the Jets round out with Stanley Jr. And it's kind of interesting because this is uh, this did not match any of our my drafts I did Sunday and Monday. So this is actually really cool to see another variety of this going on. So at 11, Washington Commanders. Yeah, we got? Washington Commanders. So we obviously just saw Stingley go off the board from LSU. And we're going to talk about now probably one of the better values at this point in the draft at pick 11, uh, our boy Ahmad Sauce Gardner is still there so stingley went above gardner so at this point the, the washington team is just going to be like yeah i'll take it uh why not take a stab at that because i mean their cornerback situation they're working with william jackson the third and you know kendall floors in the, in the nickel um, but otherwise they don't have a lot to work with there and they need to fix up that back end a little bit more um there have some some weak guys in the secondary absolutely they're two starting safeties even are cameron curl and bobby mccain and uh, sorry, guys, we need to add some more depth to the secondary. And if that means getting what I believe is the best corner in the draft, then that means go for it. So, uh, yeah, Washington, build up that defense some more. Man, and that's interesting, too, because I, I could see them pair up uh, a receiver with uh, uh, M- uh, McLaurin because right now McLaurin's uh, – well, McLaurin, A.J. Brown, Debo, a couple other guys have taken their – you know, teams off the right. social media. So they're in a way threatening. Like I, I do want to point out though, that this is a deep receiver class in my opinion, it is. at least in the, the late first and also mid rounds. Um, and also they have Diami Di- 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 Brown uh, that came out recently too, from a year ago. And I like him a lot too. And I think he's going to be a guy to watch mature as time goes on. Uh, and then of course, Curtis Samuel still in the mix right now for the team. Yeah. So no, I, I, I think that fair. they will get a receiver early but at this pick right here you gotta go bpa best player available take sauce gardner as your corner of the future now i agree with you i like it i'm not mad about it 
So next up, the Vikings. So if Ahmad Gardner was there, I would have chose Ahmad Gardner for the Vikings. Um, I just think that's going to be the overall best pick in the end for the Vikings. But they kind of they kind of had an interesting free agency uh, with some key guys signing on, and they're good on the tackle side with O'Neal and uh, uh, Dirksall, or Dirksall, sorry. And then, so I'm, I think I'm just going to go edge. I think I'm going to go Trayvon. Trayvon was supposed to go fifth overall. Uh, Trayvon Walker, and why not? Why not go some depth? Maybe a guy that could start for you right away at 12 for that Vikings defense who, uh, towards the end of games, could not finish. So uh, I'm going Trayvon Walker at uh, 12. There you go. I mean, at some point he had to come off the board because there's a lot of upside there with this guy. There is. I still have questions about him, though, because he's, he's obviously got all the intangibles you want when you look at the height, weight, speed, those kind of things. Um, I just hope that at the next level, that projection can step up and make an impact. And going to this team is probably going to help a lot, I would say. Um, but can he be a consistent 12 to 15 sack per year guy? That is what I'm concerned that about. Because be when you take a defensive end at this point in the draft, you're expecting him to be a you know 12 to 15 sack per year guy. Yeah, but there's a lot of veterans uh, still on that Minnesota defense that hopefully can help get him towards that right direction so yeah i, I hope he does well because i'm in favor of any player from georgia this year i hope he every georgia it, player in this draft is successful this year because it is badass how many of them are out there it's nuts all right jason houston up at 13 all right so i was gonna take trayvon walker <laughs> with that pick but since he's gone uh mike you're gonna you're gonna make that pick for me pick for the texans i'm gonna he's gonna delegate to the uh, Ravens pick to the, for the text. No, I got the, I got the Ravens pick, but all right. Well, let's take a look and see here um, at the roster. Texans can go in many different ways, obviously. Once again, they already made a pick, Tanner, right? That's right. And we who did, did you uh, pick with that selection? Uh, that was Evan Neal. Evan Neal, obviously, with that pick. So, I mean, at this point, you've got a few different guys on the board still, and I think you want to be looking at maybe getting better at the edge rusher position. Uh, I could see that being a need because – I'm in favor at this point right now, filling in the trenches right now, and then worrying about a skill position guys later on because say, it's not going to matter. And I give Davis Mills a, a wide receiver here. Garrett, Garrett or Davis Mills? Who? What? Da- Davis Mills, the quarterback oh. for the Texans. Hey, give him a wide receiver. Give him saying. a wide receiver. You're wanting to send Garrett Wilson then is what I'm saying. I think that would be probably the best pick because you have somebody on the opposite of Brandon Cooks this year. I. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I I want to see more of Garrett Wilson, and I know some people out there could question that and, and not be understanding of why. Um, I think he has been placed in a position where he's just the auto WR one in this class uh, from the get go. Um, but I also think there's a lot of challengers of that too. Uh, I think that Drake London is a great player. Obviously, I mean, I just think there's Chris Olave was obviously a teammate yep. of Garrett Wilson. Um, I just I don't know what I think about Garrett Wilson right now, but Davis Mills, one way or the other, is going to suck regardless uh, because because of their circumstance. Um, you think Davis Mills sucks? Well, he's he's bottom half. I'll put it that way. He's a bottom feeder. Bot- he's a bottom feeder of the NFL <laughs> as far as starting <laughs> quarterbacks go. Yes. Uh, so Tanner, a couple different ways. I think Devontae Wyatt could be in the talks here. Because mm-hmm. it makes sense to fill him in with there. Um, I think Devin Lloyd, linebacker, could be in talks here. And also Jermaine Johnson. 
should be in consideration for this pick here for the Texans. But if you want to go receiver. No, hey, this is all you. This is Jason deferred to you. So In that case, I'm going to give him who I think is the actual best pure pass rusher in the league, Jermaine Johnson, the second. All right. And That's my guy. Going into that before we hit the Ravens up here, uh, Wink here would like to know if Walker and Johnson falls, let's say this deep, is it worth trying to trade up and get one of these guys? Well, I, I just took Johnson off the board, and I'm absolutely in favor of the Chiefs looking into, if we're talking about Chiefs anyway, uh, look, look, looking into trading up for Jermaine Johnson. I don't know who's going to be interested and how the board's going to fall, though. But if they have the Chiefs have to, have to trade up up to anywhere between 16 and 19 to get Johnson, I'm in favor of it. I'm more in favor of, of trading up to get a great edge than I am for a receiver because I still feel confident in some of the receivers that are going to be available here towards the end of the first round, where I'm less confident in the true projection of Boye Mafe, who's going to probably be there at the Chiefs pick. So for me, it's like definitely give me the surefire edge in this case, Jermaine Johnson, over, you know, when some people have been talking about trading up for other receivers. And, you know, obviously we all think Jamison Williams is going to be a good player, but I'd much rather go for edge. All right. Well, Baltimore Ravens are up, Mike. What are we thinking here? Yeah, Baltimore Ravens pick here coming up. Uh, they could go different ways here. I mean, this is obviously still a good team, so um, they just happen to have a top 16 picks, top half picks. So yeah. uh, with this one, give them a big boy. Um, and I'm not going Devontae Wyatt. I'm actually going Jordan Davis <laughs> with this pick. Uh, so he reminds me a lot of Akeem Hicks. And you know, I like him a little bit in relation to how he would fit into this team compared to Wyatt. I think Wyatt's more of your run plugger where I think Jordan Davis could come in and be more of a knifer up in the middle of that defensive line. So I just think his impact would come in right away for the Ravens, and he'd make strides. I mean, I just I think he's got great upside. He ran a 4.78 at the combine, by the way, which is amazing for a guy who's 6'6", 341. Are you kidding me? Um, those are insane numbers for a guy that big. So, big uh, yeah, plug him in and you know give them you know basically their own Vince Wilfork in this case. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fair with that here. I think so. The Eagles got a couple of picks coming up here. Uh, I think I actually got both of the Eagles picks, which is kind of nice here. So I'm actually going to wait here, and I'm going to go offense. I'm going to go Trevor Petty from Northern Iowa, offensive tackle. I think that's a guy that can uh, sit on the opposite side of Lane Johnson and kind of help those guys out there uh, on that line and also provide some depth for uh, Jalen Hurts. And maybe. Maybe Sanders can get a touchdown. So, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Trevor Penny on this one. All right. Uh, all right. Saints are up. Jason. Jason's got the Saints. Yeah, I think I'm good on this one because uh, Tanner, you just took my guy there. <laughs> Once again, yeah, take it, it all, over to all the guys. Hey, send it. Hey, I'm gonna send it over to the expert here because so, he. This this has to be Garrett Wilson, right? Oh, absolutely. It's an obvious pick eight at that point. Eight, by eight picks? At this point, it's, here's what ha- what's going to happen. If Garrett Wilson falls to the 16th overall pick, you're going to have a bunch of teams calling the Saints being like, so what are you doing with this pick? Because we're also interested in getting him now before someone else is about to stab him. Um, so even though I just sat there a minute ago and said, ah, I'm not that big on Garrett Wilson, you got to look about value. Yeah. And at this stage, the value is higher for him than it would have been at you know, 13, 12, 11. 
So, yeah, Saints got to take Garrett Wilson, yeah. the receiver. And, and with the uncertainty of Michael Thomas, too, and his stuff going on, like, right. you got to have somebody there for. Uh, uh, right. I mean, that that team's face? still kind of in a rebuilding phase at the moment. So, I don't expect them to be successful, but adding this piece can at least help them, you know, get him acclimated to the NFL. Yeah, agreed. All right, Mike, you're on Chargers at 17. Chargers. We could go in many different directions with the Chargers here. Um, Tanner, I believe, if we're looking at the board that you're working with right now, we still have – who do we have on the top of the list? So top five here, London, Olave, Karloftis, Lloyd, and McDuffie. All right, that's at the top of the list then, huh? Uh, it's an interesting pick here for this team just because, you know – Such big signings. Obviously, it's a, it's, it's a big team who has a lot – to offer in different ways, and it's hard to figure out where their hole really is on this roster. Um, ba- based on what you're just pointing out there, I actually think Wyatt might be the best option for the Chargers of this I pick. Um, I think it makes sense to add in a guy to the defensive line, someone who can stop the run, and um, I, I just think that. You know, people like Wyatt quite a bit from Georgia, and I just, I know we're going back to back Georgia D tackles here, basically. But that's um, how good they were. I just think this guy's going to make a big impact on that team. So uh, I, I like Wyatt quite a bit, and if he ever fell to the Chiefs or even close to the Chiefs, I would love for us to make a stab at going up and getting them. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you there. Uh, let's see, our Eagles are back here, and this is actually where I go Devin Lloyd, the linebacker. That's somebody that can help this Eagles defense impact right away, become step up, be a young leader for this team. So I'm going to go Devin Lloyd here at 18. All right, Jason, hope yeah, I didn't Jason steal your pick. Jason has the Saints once again, this is right? This the Saints okay. at 19. He might have stolen it again. <laughs> <laughs> With the 19th pick. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Trent McDuffie, defensive back out of Washington. 5'11", 193 pounds. He is a cover corner with excellent athleticism and a compact, rugged frame. And I think that fills the uh, a need there for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I agree with that, too, because, I mean, you're looking at a guy that's going to be a slot nickel corner, essentially, and Malcolm Jenkins in, retired. In today's league, so. it's important to have multiple successful corners. Like that's why I'm concerned yep. about the Chiefs right now because at cornerback they're thin. After Snead and after Fenton, it's a thin cornerback group the Chiefs have, and so I want them to go for that at some point in their draft class early on. Yeah, I, I'm with it. All right, Steelers are up at twenty. Steelers are up at twenty. All right, Tanner. What have we not taken yet? There's London, Olave, Karloftis, Burks, and Booth Jr., your top five. All right. Well, they wanted Malik Willis, but they didn't want to trade up to get him. Correct. So I'll put it that way. Um, So looking at the board here, uh, we're working with a few different guys that are going to be successful players in the league without a doubt. I have someone in mind that would fit in very, very well on this team. Some could say this is a reach. I don't believe so. This is also a big need. I'm going to take right now cornerback Kier Elam. I was just on him, too. From Florida. <laughs> it's going to be my selection for the Pittsburgh Steelers at this How spot. How did I know that was coming? I, I was um, literally over him. I scrolled down for him. First of all, it's going to piss off the Patriots because you know this is a Patriots. This is where they were going. J.C. Jackson left the team to go to the Chargers. <laughs> and so in that case, it's like, you know, they were waiting. Oh, we're going to get Elam. We're going to get Elam. No, no, no. Chargers stole him right in front of you. 
Um, so, or not Chargers, sorry. Uh, Steelers stole him right in front of you. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is a great pick for the Steelers, and it's going to be a rebuild for sure, but, you know, it's a, get, get a good defense at least maybe. Yeah, well, here, here we go. Uh, Patriots are up at 21. I'm going uh, Chris Olave at 21 for the Patriots, somebody to pair with Mac Jones, a quick guy, a uh, guy that could play the slot for them as well, and, <clears throat> you know, somebody that Belichick could uh, – could utilize very quickly with that uh, with that uh, wide receiver crew. Well, there you go, Tanner. That's that's interesting that, that he went to that point. Yeah, I know, right? That was They're a big drop. Flying <clears throat> off the board. All right, Jason, we're up here. Green Bay Packers at twenty-two. All right. Well, you know what? Fuck it. He did it again. <laughs> Took my damn fucking receiver. But uh with the what do we got? Twenty-second overall pick. Twenty-second. <laughs> 22nd pick, 2022 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State, because I wanted Chris Olave, but I didn't get his dick, so give me Jahan Dotson instead, because we got to fill that void that was left by the loss of Devontae Adams. And MVS is gone, too, and a lot of guys there. I like that pick. I like the reach, and I like going out for it, so... I'm okay with that one. I'm okay. All right, Mike, we're up Arizona 23. All right, we got Arizona here. Give me one quick more rundown of the top five guys on the list. Top five. London, Karloftis, Burks, Booth Jr., Linderbaum. All right, well, this is going to be a tough one here. They could go different directions, but I still think that their receiving group is good enough. Well, remember they lost uh, uh, what's-his-face of the Jaguars. Right. Uh, Mr. uh, Overpaid. Yes. Right. What, 48 mil a year? Yeah, Christian whatever. Kirk is Christian gone, Kirk, of course. Yes. But I still believe that that group is going to be fine regardless. They don't need to take a receiver right away, even though London is there, right? Yeah, Drake London's there. And he's fallen down the draft he's boards. He's projected 13. Big time falling down right now at the moment. That's 10 spots. Um, I don't think that's necessary to all go that route. I'm actually more in favor of going after a George Harloftis with this pick. Yes. Um, giving them the edge, giving them a big guy, too. Junior, only 21 years old, just turned 21 as a matter of fact, and has a lot to work with. I think he can do everything on the field well, and that means including stopping the run, rushing the passers, fine. Uh, I just I like this guy as a project. Uh, they could probably be a guy who gets you know somewhere between six to eight sacks in year one too. I like it. I like it. All right, Cowboys up here at 24. Uh, you know they just lost Amari Cooper. You know Amari Poopa. So what are they going to do? They got CD, they got Gallup, James Washington's on that roster. Heck, let's go for a young guy. Let's go get Drake London. This guy drops down to Dallas. This is a scoop for them. They are taking him right away, no matter who else is on the board. So I'm going Drake London to the Dallas Cowboys at 24. I actually hate that pick, Tanner, because I don't see London being a guy who it's, separates all it's that a well. Cowboys pick though, dude. All I'm saying is I don't like, I don't like it too well because I feel like. With Dak Prescott, he reminds me a lot of a – he's a spot-throwing quarterback. He is. He throws the spots on the field. He's not really a guy that I see, like, believing in his receivers to always make the plays. Where I think Drake London's going to have a lot of plays like Mike Williams and have contested catches throughout his whole career because he's not a great separator. Neither is Mike Williams. But that's not how they succeed in the league. They succeed by jump balls, red zone, you know, yeah. using their bodies to, to box out guys. And 
I don't know if that's going to fit well with what the Cowboys do. But. Well, I mean, it's going to be kind of interesting for that, too, if that does happen. Because Gallup, obviously, he's injured. So you need somebody to fill in here for at least half a year, if not part, almost the whole year to the playoffs. So, I mean, you might as well take a shot and see what he can do. Tanner, you still, what corners are still on the board real quick? Uh, corners here. Sorry, I was checking something. Uh, quarterbacks, we got Booth Jr., McCrary, Gordon, Woolen, and Bryant. All right. Well. All right, next up, Buffalo Bills at 25, JG. With the 25th pick of the 2022 <laughs> NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Andrew Booth, defensive back out of Clemson, six foot, 194 pounds, and I think that fills a need definitely for the Bills uh, he, because he's a playmaker. Playmaking cornerback, uh, muscular frame and long arms, and uh, he's a very physical corner, and so that's why I like that pick for the Bills. Not a bad pick. I think defense, maybe they'll have a real defense this year when they play against some actual teams. So we'll see what happens there. Tennessee Titans are up at 26. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what the Titans do here. They could go a few different ways. Um, obviously, the offensive line is still decent, but they have a few things they could upgrade it that way. Um, Robert Woods is obviously now a part of the team, which I think is a great upgrade. Uh, no, well, I say upgrade, but great addition to the team. I should, I should be saying it that way. Um, to pair up with the current A.J. Brown, as long as he comes back to the team, correct? Yeah, so. assuming... Uh, he gets over this. He will be a part of the team this coming season. So, um, with all that said, though, um, defense needs to be the focus for this team at this stage of the draft. Tanner, let me see the rundown of the top defenders left on this board for the Titans. <clears throat> all right, defenders. We got Dean uh, from Georgia, linebacker. Uh, Daxon Hill at safety, Ajabo Edge, uh, and Boy Mafe to round out top five yeah this is going to be kind of a crazy pick here because that is the biggest problem i believe for the titans is some of that pass rush and they want to fix the interior but at this point in the draft they're not going to be take taking Federian mathis i don't believe um i think it's something that should be talked about he had nine sacks last year Correct. but i actually believe boye mafe could be the guy <laughs> off the board here for the Titans. How crazy is at that? This next I pick. just love that name, dude. Boy, Boy Mafe. Boy Mafe. Nobody's going to fuck with I, that guy because of his name, dude. I've been projecting him to go to the Chiefs like for the last month, but um, I think this is in this stage of this mock draft, he, this is where it should go. Because otherwise, Daxton Hill's there. They don't need safeties. They got, you know, obviously Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker. Exactly. <laughs> Hooker. <laughs> well, next up here is the Bucks. Obviously. They're a pretty stacked team there, but I think they go offensive line here, and I think they go Linderbaum. I don't think they go Traylon Burks to replace uh, what's his face. Uh, uh, who do they lose? Wait, never mind. Oh, Chris Godwin well, is injured. That's who I was thinking of. You're talking about who the, the guy that retired? The offensive lineman that retired? No, the, yeah, but the Godwin is injured. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Tyler Linderbaum. I'm going to go there. Interior offensive line from Iowa. Uh, I think it's just somebody that's going to be able to hopefully step into plays uh, from the guy that retired as well and maybe even be a compliment backup to Shaq Mason on that uh, right side. So I'm going Tyler. So they still one. do have Ryan Jensen, by the way. Correct. Uh, keep that in mind. So He came back. Um, I, I would actually say that this Linderbaum could be <clears throat> used at left guard. Yeah. That would make sense. That makes sense, too. All right, Jason. 
Green Bay Packers, once again, are up at 28. With the 28th pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. That's the guy that Mike has had a heart on for I don't know how long. Every day I listen to this guy, he wants George Pickens on the Chiefs. So I'm going to take George Pickens here. He's a big player receiver with long arms, and he has excellent body control. So, yeah, I, I it wouldn't shock me if the Packers take two wide receivers with that 22nd, 28th pick. So I'm going to take George Pickens here. Yeah, I mean, what can I say about that? Because uh, they need receiver weapons, obviously. Uh, Pickens has A.J. Green. When I say A.J. Green, I've said this before, I mean prime A.J. Green talent. Uh, I want to put that out there as well as the physicality of a, more of a Julio Jones. He's a very physical player. Um, gosh, uh, the, only, the, only, the only negative and drawback on Pickens, well, there's a couple of them, is obviously coming off an injury. He did play a few snaps last year at the end of the year, and then as well as some of the attitude problems. So a couple things to keep in mind. But, look, I mean, you give this guy Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you're, you're probably looking at at least 1,200 yards as a rookie. So... Yeah. And uh, Giraffe, suit fan here, he says he nice picks, loves the site, uh, and uh, he agrees with that pick as well. The Pickens? Yep, and he is a Dolphins fan. So Dolphins fan. Well, if you're if you're in Kansas, uh, Overland Park area, then come see us at Mr. Bruce Taphouse and talk some draft with us while we're hanging out at the bar. <coughs> we'll be live out there, of course. All right, so here's the part of the draft here. We're on the Chiefs double pick here. Let's take a minute. Let's talk about some of this Chiefs rumors, what exactly what the direction the Chiefs go. Uh, we won't take too long here, but we want to discuss, make sure. Right, we do have back-to-back picks. Uh, obviously, so real quick, Tanner, before we really get into it, Debo Samuel obviously wants to be traded. Is that of any interest to any of us? We should talk about that for I just a moment. I have zero interest in I, a Debo trade. I also have zero interest in Debo Samuel to becoming a Chief, not because of anything about the guy or the player, but because I have no interest in giving up picks to get him. I have no interest in the salary cap that's going to be taking place once a new contract's put in place. Because he's going to be like Tyreek. He's not going to want to be traded anywhere until a new contract's put in place. Chiefs don't have the money or, or any. You know, this it, doesn't make sense it's, it's for this it's team. It's not even makes sense because you just sent a guy to Miami because you didn't want to pay him as being the richest guy when you know Debo is going to be doing the same damn thing yeah. when he comes when he, if he comes to the Chiefs. Yeah, and that's my biggest problem with even entertaining the thought of bringing in Debo Samuel is you're going to bring in a guy who's going to be 27 years old in January, and then you just got rid of a 28-year-old Tyreek Hill <laughs> who's who really doesn't get injured that often, and now Debo Samuel gets injured somewhat often, and... You know, I'm not going to call him injury prone, but you're not going to you're not going to want to pay the guy no. what he wants, and so like, I hope he goes. To the he's Jets. off the table. Send his ass table. to the Jets because the Jets wanted Tyree Kill because obviously this guy doesn't want to be a 49er. Send his ass to the Jets. Get what you can out of him. Yeah, and uh, we all be happy, right? Except sometimes, you know, you got to think about what you're asking for and what you're going to get in return. Because if you're asking to be traded, if you're a Debo Samuel, they probably don't care where you end up. Where in the Chiefs' case with Tyreek Hill, they were actually very polite towards him, and they did care, and they made their selection based yeah. on what he well, wanted, too. Well, the Tyreek Hill, too, wasn't Tyreek wanting out of KC. No. Tyreek was just like, I want, I want to get paid. 
and the Chiefs With ended as much up, money as possible. And the Chiefs, you know, ended up being a mutual kind of deal where Tyreek was happy, the Chiefs were happy, they got what they want. Versus this Debo, Debo wouldn't even walk in the door to the San Francisco due to whatever's happening there. And so, with that being the with that being the case, what's the sense? Send him somewhere. Jets, Texans, I don't care. Yeah, Texans have right. two first round picks. Send them there. Tanner. All right. So now we all got our Debo Samuel feelings out of the way. Um, Real quick, too, just as we're on this Chiefs topic. AJ Brown, McLaurin, any, any, you want any thoughts I, on I those? I have two? no interest in yeah. trading for any receiver. I, in the I'm on the same thing. I'm on the same I want a guy that's going to be here for four years minimum on a rookie contract that's going to cost us not shit. Yes. And it's going to be yes. productive. You know why? Because we have one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league, if not the best. And he's going to make whoever we take, which is going to be my next pick, become a superstar. So what are we thinking here? We got back-to-back picks here for the Chiefs rolling into this draft. Well, game. I get to take one. You get to take one. Correct. So I have a guy that I hope you take, but I'm not going to say it because there's no point in spoiling things. Uh, but first and foremost, I want to take the guy that, at this point, receivers are dwindling away. Mm-hmm. Who's the top receiver on the board, Tanner? Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks, the top receiver on the board. I hate 22 that. at Arkansas. Some yeah. people love that guy. I personally like a different one. So uh, Watson, Moore, Mechie, Austin the third, or the other. All right. Some people are going to hate this. I am I hovering on him? I think I'm hovering on him. A slight of an issue with Traylon Burks, and people aren't going to understand why. And I can explain this later at some point if I need to on the Selling the Kingdom show. But I don't know that he translates into what the Chiefs need. Because I want the Chiefs to draft a Z or a Y or, or a Z or an X receiver for this offense. I want a big-bodied guy, and yes, Traylon Brooks is a big-bodied guy, but I want a pure wide receiver. I don't want a guy that can be potentially a running back. Traylon Brooks reminds me a lot of Antonio Gibson, and that's not a bad thing. I just don't think he fits this <clears throat> offense of what we want to see and how we're going to be working within this team. I want a guy that can step in right away, run crisp routes, quick routes, and for me, that guy, at this point, is Christian Watson. Ah, it was awesome. From I North Dakota Moore. State. North so Dakota State, Christian, Christian Watson, six foot four, two 208 pounds. Super gr- great combine, obviously. Um, I know people out there are going to talk about his catch rate, this and that. Uh, right, when you have Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball, let's see how that works out. So Yeah, so uh, uh, the Dolphins fan here, Graf Suit fan, he says, David Ojabo, I say Chiefs take along with Burks. So the so the whole reason on the Jabo deal is sure he's a great player, but we need players that will play this year. Yes. That's available this year. That's why uh Jameson's not on our board and that's why Jabo won't be on our board. Look, I think Jameson should be on the board, but to trade up for, I don't know. I wouldn't trade up for. I him. I like David Ojabo as a prospect, absolutely, but I don't think he's going to be ready to be playing more than 8 games this coming season. And for this Chiefs team, they need edge rush help immediately we have nothing to offer after d ford or not d ford essentially d ford frank clark um because like i said i've said this a few different times is that out of the edge position last season the chiefs only had 10 total sacks and that includes mike dana that includes what frank clark did and a few other guys that kind of got rotated in the mix at some point including uh, melvin ingram we need a guy that can step in right away and hopefully get eight to ten sacks now the guy I'm referring to is a who I'm hoping Tanner takes. He might not. I'm staring but, at him. But I think this guy could be worthy of being a pure pass rusher. But Tanner, go ahead. 
All right, so here I really want to pick is Daxon Hill uh, for that secondary built, but we don't really need him. Scene's good, too. I like him. McCurry uh, is right there as well, but I think I think we're going to either have to go Arnold, Ebekity, or Travis Jones. So is any of those guys your guy? Yeah, Arnold Ebiketti yeah, would be Ebiketti. my guy there you go. because I think although the undersized kind of a pass rusher, 6'2", 250, is something to look into, you're looking at a pure speed rusher. And, gosh, that's what we, the Chiefs need the most on the outside edge. Um, so even though he might have to eventually become more of a three-down pass rusher, three-down player, I think Mike Dana suits that first and second down role well. Ebiketti is without a doubt your third-down guy. It has a lot of speed off the edge that would come and make an impact. Yeah, and that's I'm, I'm with you there. We have to go edge somewhere, and it has to be in the first round. I agree because so. you don't want to wait too long. Yeah, there's guys out there, sure, but are they going to really make an impact right away? I don't know. All right. So, all right, Jason, we'll keep going here. Cincinnati Bengals, number thirty-one. Cincinnati Bengals. They bore the hell out of me, so I'm going to send this pick over to Mike with his expert views on this pick right now. <laughs> Oh, Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals suck, by the way. I don't know. I'm he's, going, he's, he's I'm going Kenny Bengals Green right? on this one. You're going who? Green. Interior yeah. offensive line. Or is he? Well, uh, they got to get the old line patched up a little bit better. We, we know they got to get if, it patched if that's, up. If that's absolutely, that makes the most sense to me is going somewhere for the offensive line, especially interior. Uh, we saw them before they played the Chiefs uh, yeah. getting sacked nine times in one game. Um and then, of course, the Chiefs came along and were like, hey, we can't even touch you. You know why? Because they had no pass rush. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going – which one are we going, Green or Johnson? Uh, give me Green on that one with that okay. pick. So, All right, Detroit Lions, final one, 32. Final one here, Detroit Lions. Uh, a few different directions they could go with this pick. Uh, I actually like – So I remember Thibodeau was the first one for the Gi- or Lions. Mm-hmm. Thibodeau was the first one. He's going to be playing edge for that team, obviously. Uh, I, I don't know that quarterback's really the answer at this stage, uh, considering two are now off the board. And so, oh, which one? Corner? No, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Uh, Matt Corral's still there. Desmond Riddler, Sam Howell. Nah, I'm not, not a fan of any of those guys at this point. Um, so, uh, yeah, just at this point, give Why me not? Travis Jones. Travis Jones makes the most sense. Build up the more of the uh, defensive line there. I was going to say maybe uh, the Kobe Dean. Yeah, I mean, you could look into him. It, like, at this point, it's going to be about interviews. It's going to be about how they've projected guys themselves and how they saw the board falling. So, you know, whenever you're picking this late in the first, you have to adapt to what the board has given you. So, uh, Graf uh, Suit fan says O lineman, probably for that one. He hates the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> QB for the Lions. Uh, Coral, he likes for the Lions as well. Yeah, I, I think the Lions need a QB. I don't know if this is the class to go get one. I'd say you issue. probably wait. So, all right, real quick here, uh, we'll wrap this segment up for the first round draft uh, for our podcast. We are on Spotify, Amazon Music, and we're all uh, podcasts are available. Uh, we got round from 1 through 32 here. Jags, Hutchison, Lions, Thibodeau, Texans, Neal, Jets, Hamilton, Giants, Pickett, Panthers, Equano, Giants, again, Cross, Falcons, Williams, Seahawks, Willis, Jets, Stanley Jr., uh, Commanders, Gardner, 
uh, Vikings Walker, Texans Johnson, Ravens Davis, Eagles Penning, uh, Saints Wilson, Chargers Wyatt, Eagles again Lloyd, Saints McDuffie, Steelers Elam, Pats Olave, Green Bay Dodson, Arizona has Carl Loftus, Dallas with Drake London, uh, Bills Booth Jr., Tennessee Maffei, Bucks Linderbaum, uh, Green Bay has George Pickens, Chiefs with back-to-back picks of Watson and uh, Beckety. Yeah, Arnold Ebicady. Ebicady. Yeah, I'm going to get it right. You might have to get used to saying his name, I guess. I'm going to get it right. We'll uh, Bengals green, and the Lions finish off as they started with defense on Travis Jones. So uh, that's our list, guys, for our first-round mocks here. Took a little longer. We actually last year, so we did top ten last year, and I didn't tell the guys this. So, uh, yeah, Tanner, Tanner scheduled this whole thing, and he's like, "Oh, it only took us thirty. Oh, it only took us thirty. Hey, but it's uh, all right. Yeah, and then it's, here, and then here we are. We're not going to have a show next Wednesday, so we got to do it now. Tanner, should we should we talk NBA in the in the next show? No, we should do NBA right now. Should we cut this show off and start NBA at a different show? Nope. <laughs> NBA, yeah, as you right. know. So, so you guys want to do NBA? As you know, show? like the NBA never takes more than five minutes on this show. So let's <laughs> kick it off. All right. Well, Jason's time to to have the platform for it's a bit. Over, dude. All right, guys. It's over. This is going to be an hour and a half. It's show, over. By the way, so, that's okay. To kick off the NBA topic right now. The Brooklyn Nets just got their ass kicked, one fourteen to one oh seven against the Boston Celtics, and so it's time for some overreactions. So I want to know if this is real shit that's going on right now, or if we're overreacting. Let's let's talk about the Nets right now, because people were saying that the Brooklyn Nets were done, that they it was over with, dude, even before this game. And then I, you know, I talked to Mike. Mike thought that the Celtics would win the series, but that the Nets would probably win this game. Now, all of a sudden, the Nets are down by two. And Durant, who played like shit in the first game, all of a sudden, you know, now all of a sudden you got Kyrie Irving, who also played like shit in the second game. Durant was 4 of 17 in this game. Kyrie Irving, 4 of 13, only 10 points. For Kyrie Irving, so got to be better. Bro. Obviously, th- this may not be an overreaction, but let- let's make a conversation here because I still think that the Nets have a chance in this series. I still think that Boston could get cocky going into these next two games in Brooklyn, and so you know, what do you guys think about this? I mean, it- it- am I overreacting as? Uh, a Celtics fan if I'm saying that because you guys are going to hear this you're going to say sweep 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 that's what we do as NBA fans Get the when you're on the winning side on those first two games all of the fans all the Boston fans start saying sweep 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 do you think that's an overreaction or do you give the Brooklyn Nets a chance in this series I'm confused about the overreaction part here because it, the Celtics it's- fans are literally just enjoying the ride and they're not overreacting. They're going along with the emotion of winning two in a row in their first series of the NBA playoffs. Um, now, the overreaction should be saying, you Brooklyn's know, that, this, done. that Brooklyn's done. Done. That, that could be looked at as the overreaction. I say, yeah, they're done. They have been done. They are the ultimate underachievers of the NBA and have been for two years in a row. I told you this series would go to game six. Now, yes, I thought they'd win today, but also... <laughs> now you think it's a sweep. I don't think it's a sweep. <laughs> who cares if it's a sweep or not? All that matters is at the end of the day, who wins the series? And so, yeah, I, I think the Nets are who we thought they were. 
Tanner, tell me what do you think about this series? So I think this is overreaction. I need we need to see one more game. We need to see Brooklyn at home and see exactly what happens there. If the net if the Celtics beat Brooklyn at home, then it's done. It's finished. They can so Brooklyn might win that next game, but it's done if they go back to Boston. So it, it all depends what happens this next game. Two two and zero, oh, great, fabulous. You won two at home, congratulations. But you got to go beat the that team on their home court and see what happens. And that you know the Nets fans, they're going to be out there too, just like the Celtics were, especially when Durant and Irving are out there. So, I mean, it it all comes down to that next game. When I look at the Brooklyn Nets, I just have to think about the big picture here, and. We don't really care about what happens in this series because whoever wins is going to have to face the Milwaukee Bucks. So even if you're in a scenario where you think the Nets could possibly win this series, which is, that's my personal opinion, and even if it happens, it doesn't really matter because I think the the uh, the Bucks would destroy the Brooklyn Nets in the in the second round. It's hard to believe that they would have to play them in the second round. Um, I just look at the big picture here. Um, the Brooklyn Nets are cooked, okay? Doesn't matter if you think it's going to happen in this series or in the next series. They have no shot, no shot to make to the NBA Finals. And so while I think that they do have a chance and could potentially win this series, it doesn't really matter. Now, I, I do think that there's one thing that the Nets could do a little bit better and I think they need to play a little bit less hero ball because I feel like they're just taking turns. Kyrie, KD, those two guys, they just come down the court. Oh, it's your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Well, who gives a fuck? Just shoot it. Uh, I think KD plays a little bit better when he runs off of ball screens a little bit more because KD is a catch-and-shoot guy. And obviously, we didn't watch a whole lot of this past game, but in the first game, KD was not running off of screens. He, was, he wasn't doing a lot of catch and shoot. They were just bringing the ball down, trying to play hero ball. And, you know, if, if they keep doing that shit for the rest of this series, uh, give me the Celtics. And I think that's when Steve Nash needs to step in as the coach and say, hey, stop fucking bringing the ball down. Just fucking shoot it every time you get the ball. Like, let's play some team offense here. Get Seth Curry and Patty Mills involved. Those guys are shooters. The Nets, at least in game one, they were playing some pretty good defense. You know, they, were. They, they played shitty defense in the regular season, but they were playing defense in game one. So now I, I just think it's a scenario where you need to stop playing hero ball, play more as a team, and that's ultimately is what's going to get the Nets into the second round. But from what I've seen so far from these fuckers, they're playing like shit, and they're just playing hero ball. No, and that's I think that's kind of the Nets' problem. I mean, we were watching it in the third quarter when you guys showed up to my house, and I, I was watching it beforehand, um, and the Nets could have been up by 17 and a half. Instead, they were only up by, I think, like five or something like that, and it's because they just let up. They let up, and then you had that second half, and you said uh, Seth Curry was four for six in the third quarter. No, he finished four for six. The guy didn't get a chance to shoot another three, which kills him. Kills him. They got to use those. They got to use Seth Curry. Here, here's what we're running into, yeah. Tanner and Jason both, in this stage of the NBA is that we're used to seeing all these super teams get put together and be successful. And what we're running into in the current N- NBA 
is these super teams are completely underperforming of what we expect them to be doing. Yeah. And I'm talking about the Warriors, too. Nets, Lakers, shit the bed all year long. Um, so I'm just saying, like, we're looking at the teams that are currently in the running to win the NBA Finals. Those are all teams who they're not looked at as super teams. No. They they have a lot of homegrown talent, uh, you know, in a lot of ways to where there's cohesiveness within that group and where, you know, you pick and piece all these different guys like the Yankees do sometimes in MLB to put together a super team. It's not working out. It doesn't work out. So that's what I'm seeing right now with some of these great talent teams in the NBA there's like so the Nets issues, and like though. the Lakers. And, you know, the Warriors are still a good team. I'm not taking that away from them, but – I just think it's a different atmosphere right now in the league. So, Tanner, you do you have the Nets or the Celtics winning this series? Oh, Celtics. Okay. I think Celtics win in five. I'm still going to take the Nets to win the series. I think it's going to go six or seven. Uh, you guys both have the Celtics. But, again, it doesn't really matter because either one of these teams will get shit canned by the Bucks in the next series. So we've got to move on to the next overreaction, which is the – you know, people are saying that Phoenix Suns are done, guys. They're cooked because Devin Booker pulled a hamstring in the last game, and, you know, they're done, right? So it doesn't matter if they beat the Pelicans or not. They're not going to go to the NBA Finals because their superstar is injured. And so we need to take a look at this, and I'm going to pump the brakes on this a little bit. Because the Suns, during the regular season, they were number three in the NBA in defensive rating. And so when you look at the Pelicans, a lot of guys are throwing out the fact that, oh, you know, Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum. Well, that's, that's just two good offensive players, okay? The Suns, what they do well all season long is play defense. And so I think the Suns, even without Devin Booker, they match up very well with the Pelicans. And I think, you know, with their athleticism, I think the Pelicans, you know, after winning that second game, I think it's very easy to see them getting a little bit cocky. I see the Suns holding their own in this series. I do see the Phoenix Suns moving on. And I think CP3 has to find a, a little bit of a balance here. He, he can't try to take over the offense as far as scoring, but yeah, he's an elite playmaker. So CP3 uh, just needs to be do what he does, which is be a playmaker. You're going to need to see a little bit. You need to see a lot more from DeAndre Ayton. Okay? DeAndre Ayton needs to score a lot more points, take over the game. Crowder played like shit in game one. 0 for 5 from three-point land. Remember, you know, he's streaky, though. He's streaky, but he's not going to do that every game. So I need to see more out of Crowder, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. I do think these guys are going to step up. I do not see the Pelicans winning this series. So I, I think, you know, we, we saw the fact uh, came out in the news today that Devin Booker not going to play in games three and four. I don't know how serious that injury is, but... All you guys out there that think the Pelicans are going to just win this series, we need to pump the brakes on that a little bit. No, and before Mike gets into it, because huge Suns fan, number one, uh, I think you're right. It's an overreaction. The Suns will be fine. All they got to do is win one of these next games, and then you know they can lose, and then Booker will be back. It'll be fine. But the thing with the Suns is the season, and if you paid attention at all with the Suns, 
is they've stepped up when one of their superstars are out or if both of them are out. And this is a team that that goes out there with their bench and their depth, and they can score. They can they can take on anybody else uh, for whatever it is, some kind of mentality. And it, we're like, oh, next person up, next man up. Well, here you go. Suns team is perfectly met for that, and they've been battle-tested for it this season. So I, I see no issue with this. This is at least my concern. Yeah, Booker's out, but I think as long as they win one of these next games, even if they lose both, the Suns still take care of business. Mike, here's your chance. Yeah, I just want to say I am very concerned about this, as a matter of fact. Um, I know we talked about the MVP race the other week, last week, I believe, and you know how that impacts teams when you lose your best player. And we saw throughout this year when Chris Paul was out, which felt like for half the year, it didn't matter. And it didn't matter because of Devin Booker and his ability as a leader. And we saw him in the first half of this past game put up 31 points and then miss the entire second half. Um, I'm concerned about this because we just saw the Pelicans go out there and play with a lot of confidence. C.J. McCollum was nailing threes. Brandon, Brandon Ingram was nailing threes there towards the end of the game. And, yeah, Chris Paul's in there, and he, he did his best to try to battle back against it. But uh, at that stage of the game, uh, it was too much for him to lead the whole thing. And as we all know about Chris Paul's injury history, too. Imagine something goes wrong with him over these next, you know, this next week or two. But it's that's be a problem. That's what but you can't think like that, No, though. that's what Ingram and Paul does. CP3's got to be healthy. He has to be. That's, that's my point. Because if something goes wrong, it's over. Those guys, for the Suns. those guys aren't going to be on fire every night. Ingram just and like, Colum do this all the time. What, what did I say the other day about the MVPs? I said you take him off that roster that's under five hundred. Take him off that roster under five hundred. The Suns without Devin Booker, they're yeah, ab- they're we ab- know they're under five hundred. No, actually, I think they're above five hundred. Barely. I think they're still a. Uh, they're essentially the Pelicans. They're the eight seed uh, without Devin Booker. But Devin Book. This that. this team runs through Devin Booker. <laughs> But you have to stick with what got you here. And if Zion Williamson is on the court, fuck it. Even if he is on the court. If he's not on the court, I don't give a shit because he's out of shape anyway. It's a different It's game all about try, defense here. Defense is what got the Suns here, okay? So, yeah, I understand. Devin Booker scores a lot of points. But you can still play defense enough to beat the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Suns are going to the finals, like we don't know what's going to happen with Devin Booker's ha- Devin Booker's hamstring, but you this know isn't... they are going to win this series. You can mark my words right yeah, now. I think they, they will win this, win this fucking but, series. But see, they're they're playing the Pelicans and they're not playing teams like Warriors. This is the perfect time. I agree. The Suns could win. This it's going to be okay. But here's the deal: Devin Booker has a probably going to be a lingering hamstring strain, and that's going to be a problem here. Say he comes back for games five and six. We don't know what kind of player we're going to get out of that. Um, I know this was a sudden injury that happened during the game. There was no evidence on the court if you watched the game. At least I saw nothing anyway yeah. that would have caused the injury to happen. Basically, after halftime, it was just he was just gone. And all of a sudden, disappeared. Uh, no one knew where he was at or why he, why he was gone. And all of a sudden, we're like, why is Shamit out there? I don't understand why, why what's going on. But um, it's concerning because me as a Suns fan – thinking this team's going to go to the finals again two years in a row. Now I'm like, well, if if Booker's injury is something serious, then I don't have faith in that. So I'm I, concerned. I just don't think it's that serious. I mean, I think any time you hear about a hamstring injury popping up, 
you know, that's the first thing that came to my mind is like, okay, they're, they're not going to let the guy play for the next two games. I don't think it's that serious, but the moment where it does become serious is when you have to face the next team that we are going to talk about. And, you know, we're talking about overreactions or the Nets done or the Suns done. Well, I've got a different question for you guys on this one because when we watch the Golden State Warriors go up two to nothing against the Denver Nuggets, everybody in the world thinks that they're invincible and that there's nobody that's going to stop the Warriors right now because it's Splash Brothers 3.0, right? We used to think it was 2.0 or whatever. Now it's 3.0. They look like they are invincible, but I think we need to pump the brakes on that a little bit. I'll give you my take after you guys go, but they're looking a little bit invincible against the Nuggets. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, I know they're I know they're not invincible. They're about to go home and play against Denver at their place, but I think Golden State's momentum is coming into play at the right time. This is the team that two months ago, a month ago, when we were talking, who's the team that we think that's going to win it? Our projection number one. I've always said Golden State. Outside of I think the what when Steph Curry was out for that last regular season week. Golden State is the team to beat on this one, especially if Steph's healthy and the, the big three are healthy there, uh, let alone the big four now with Wiggins in play, and he's been playing really well too. I just think this team is going to be the toughest one to beat. I have zero issues with Denver this this uh, this matchup, and honestly, I think they can win in a dogfight with the Suns if it came to it, or Memphis. So I think Golden State is not invincible, but they're still the favorite, and they're in, and playing at the, hot at the right time. Yeah, Jason, you talk about that all the time as far as getting hot at the right time, and the Warriors are going to fall into that. I mean, Steph Curry coming back from his injury, uh, I'm sure he's feeling 100% once again, and that team's going to be getting rolling here. And I feel like right now the only team that can slow them down is a fully healthy Suns team. Um, I don't know how that's going to come about. But I think that the Warriors, without a doubt, are going to finish off the current series and take care of business easily. Like, I don't think there's any uh, thing to be concerned about towards the Nuggets. The, Nugget, the Nuggets are there to be there. The Warriors are, we all know, the superior team at the end of the day. Um, I mean, the Warriors are playing against the future MVP here coming up. So, And they're taking care of business like it's But nothing. we don't know that. Oh, we do. It's I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be the Anyways, MVP. keep going. Okay, well... Anyways, I, I've been my point. I, Warriors are on the right track. They're a great tank, great roster, great team. And I think now more than ever is their shot to get back in this whole thing and take advantage if they do end up coming up against the Suns, take advantage of the situation they have at hand. Yeah, so I think uh, the question at hand is, are they invincible? I do think they're obviously invincible against the Nuggets. I actually think they are invincible in the West at oh, this wow. point. So now I guess that's that, where I disagree, then. Now that you throw in that Booker injury, that's a little bit questionable here because at one point I thought that the Warriors and Suns were pretty much even. Now I would give the Warriors the edge here. And so I do think they are invincible at this point in the West. Uh, come on, Tanner. Jokic is not the MVP. I don't care. I don't care who these Future voters MVP. vote for. 
the riders. I mean, he shouldn't win it two years in a row. That's a joke. I told you, terrible twos is joke what the kick. NBA does. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people will point out the fact that the Warriors are beating a team right now who are imploding. You look at the Nuggets. Will Barton, DeMarcus Cousins almost got into oh, a fight on the bench the other day. But why is that? It's not because the Nuggets were going to implode. It's because the Warriors are that good. They are that much better that they are going to destroy you and make you implode. And so, like, Will Barton, DeMarcus Cousins, those guys, they didn't even know what was going on in that game. No, so they, they, they were ready to fight each other. Uh, but my biggest thing with the Warriors right now is that I've heard a lot of people talk about big threes and big fours. Well, right now, you're talking about a big three with the Golden State Warriors. Well, who is that? It used to be Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Now, all of a sudden, it's Steph, Clay, Draymond, Jordan Poole, who can put up 30 points in any game if he wants to. Yeah. Meanwhile, who's the number five guy? Oh, yeah. Andrew Wiggins. He made the all-star game this year. So what do you got? Is this a big three, a big four, a big five? Now, I will submit to you that there's no way in hell Andrew Wiggins should have made the all-star are, team. Are you, like, that's an absolute joke. Are you going to throw in Andre Iguodala? No, that guy's washed, okay? <laughs> like, that guy should be the 10th guy on the bench. But, you know, Andrew Wiggins did make the all-star team this year. So are we talking about a big three, big four, big five? I don't know what we're working with here, but whatever it is, it's certainly better than the Phoenix Suns, but... My bottom line in this discussion here is that they are not invincible. And the reason why I say that is because if they do make it to the finals, the Milwaukee Bucks match up with everyone in the league. Okay? And the reason I say that is because Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, all those guys, they match up with everyone. You know why? Because they fucking play defense. I think it's the and bottom two, too, because they got the size in the strength down low. They've got the size, they've got the quickness, and I I think that would be an amazing series. You know, at the beginning of the year, I picked a rematch. I thought it would be Phoenix versus the Bucks in the NBA Finals, but if you could somehow see, you know, a big three, big four Warriors versus the Bucks, that, that might be one of the biggest NBA Finals that we've ever seen because, you know, I think a lot of people would take the Warriors to the bank here, but the Bucks... I think could lock these guys down, uh-huh. and I I can't make my pick. If that's what we see in the finals is Warriors Bucks, I can't make my pick because I think it would be a really really great offense versus a really great defense. Yeah, no, I I fully agree on that. Yep, I, I see that for sure. Um, it would be tough. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see if the Warriors can continue the run that they're currently on, uh, as far as kind of showing off in some ways. Of some of their abilities and dominance, because I mean they wrapped up the season. Not like all oh, you know, every team wraps up the season kind of loafing. But yeah, keep I in mean, mind they went, they end up six and four at the end of the year, but on a five game win streak. But they've carried that five game win streak now into with seven. With healthy Seth Curry now, and it's it's continuing or Steph, yeah, healthy Steph Curry. And it's continuing. But on. Draymond was injured for half the year. Well, what I'm talking about was like this this last few couple weeks of the season. Yeah, you had Draymond injured, you had Steph Curry injured. It's like if these guys are healthy, we, uh, Houston, we have a problem. If we if we come to Game Six and the Suns have a what we've noticed is fully healthy Devin Booker, all bets are off in my opinion. Yeah, 
I mean, it's a three-team race. When you, mm-hmm. If you threw these guys into a vacuum, it's Bucks, Suns, Warriors. We don't really care about any of the rest of these teams in right. the discussion. I, I, I'm still at Miami's a sneak at one, the one seed. I still think I Miami's I can't a get sneak. behind Miami right now. Regardless I, of the record, regardless of all that, I don't the, like it. The one thing I'll give you about Miami, they're a really good defensive team. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Buckets is not going to take you to the promised land because he does not have enough help. He did this in 2020. Not, and I'm not taking With a shot. Help. I will never take a shot on Jimmy Buckets because he's one of the best two-way players oh, in the yeah. league. But he's not going to take you to the promised land because he doesn't have enough help on the rest of that roster. Not going to happen. Yeah, their depth's overrated. All right, guys. Well, that was a long-ass show we had today. One of our longest we've ever had, as a matter of fact. Because Actually, we've had way longer. Longer than an hour and a half? Yeah. I, no, it's hour 20. Okay, well, we're doing pretty regardless. well. Regardless. Hey, buffoon I, topic. Let's do a buffoon should, let's topic. Let's go. Rose. Hours, what topic? are you guys having to drink tonight, huh? I, I, got, got, the, I got a little Chardonnay. The Duke John Wayne whiskey. Some I've got Duke. the Rose. 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 Cheers. Chardonnay. So, yeah, cheers to all you out there listening. We'll be doing a special cheers the week from now uh, for the NFL draft. No so. show Wednesday next week, guys. No show Wednesday. We're doing a all special show on Thursday for the NFL draft at Mr. Brews. We'll be live for all nine hours. Right? Now, what, what are you guys going to do for uh, your next Wednesday? What are we going to be doing for Wednesday next week? I'm going to try to be sober, actually, because I don't That's know what's going to happen on Thursday. That's not happen. Well, Thursday is going to be a mess, but luckily it's right next to your house, so you can walk home. Can try not. to be sober yeah. on Wednesdays. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, so we'll, we'll see what happens. So uh, catch me. Saturday, guys, 7 o'clock a.m. Central. Let's talk sports. I'll be giving you uh, guys the Texans breakdown for the draft uh, with Dan there. So, um, And then check out our previous mock drafts that we did with multiple podcasters, multiple fans uh, on different teams as well from this past Saturday Monday. So, yep. I'll be heading out to Talladega myself. Oh, yeah, you to Talladega. For NASCAR, uh, going out there to Talladega, Alabama. And you're driving down, right? And driving down there. And getting our racing on, going turning left. Ricky sense, Bobby. So. You Ricky send Bobby. some pics? Send some pics, send some videos, whatever you guys are into. You know, I'm all about the fetishes. So uh, whatever you guys like to watch. So <laughs> Love it. Hey, that's a big exciting time. Hey, do you know who's the favorite yet? Ricky favorite Bobby. for that race? Ricky I, Bobby. It, it could be Kurt Busch. Doing first or last? I don't know, it could be Kurt. I don't know. I'm assuming Kurt Busch. Turex <laughs> should be up there. Uh, Shake and bake. Kyle, Kyle Larson should probably be the favorite, honestly. Kyle Larson? I think so. So, anyways, you guys, I am done. I want to watch some basketball playoffs. We talked enough. I took them on too long. Go Bucks. <laughs> Go Milwaukee Bucks. All right. Well, with that said, I'll see y'all on the next one. See you guys.